0: Hey, everybody. Before we get started, I want to remind you that in this episode, we are going to use sound effects from BattleBards. Do you like your ears? I yes, we so. do. Yes. Do you like to listen to things? I guess. Yes. Uh-huh. Do you like sound effects? I love oh, sound effects. <laughs> yes. You will love BattleBards. Go to BattleBards.com, check out their website, uh, sign up for a Prime subscription using our special code stack and you'll have access to sound effects, streaming sound effects that you can use in your in-person games, tools that you can use to prepare them for use in a game, and even a 20% discount. Again, use our stack code and you will get those great discounts. Also, our dice contest will end tomorrow, so if you have not already done so, sign up, uh, register for the contest by liking our post that is pinned to the top of our page, retweeting it and tagging three friends. And again, it's a random drawing that will entitle you to a chance in the contest to get a set of dice, a lovely set of metal dice from diceenvy.com. And we are looking forward to giving that away. And again, this is in celebration of us hitting our thousand download mark. So we're just excited about that. And now before we get to our recap, let's ask another question. And the question this time is, Thane, what is your favorite Tira moment? We're going to go the other direction from the last time.
1: Oh, my goodness. I hmm. Favorite Tira moment. <laughs> Where to start? Really, this is kind of a weak answer, but I'm at first inclined to say just the whole adventure is, has been... Weak. <laughs> ...has been just a ride... Seeing, seeing you get into Dungeons and & Dragons and learn how to play and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, but that's me. That's not Tara. Yes,
0: I know. <laughs>
1: that's me out here. <laughs>
2: Meredith, about
0: Meredith yeah. how about your favorite bash moment?
2: Uh, I agree with you from last week when you said about uh, how neat it was when Bash took us back to his home. That was I remember at the time thinking that was really sweet. <laughs> it's just so cute to see him. He's like so excited to have people to show his, his nice, comfortable, simple home to. But I'd have to say that my favorite kind of Tira and Bash moment was post-battle, uh, back um, at Arden, post-battle of Arden, when we, the first time all of us, Killed each killed each other <laughs> the first time <laughs> each of us. Whoa!
0: <laughs> <Rah>. yeah. retcon. <laughs> yeah,
2: no. The first time each of us had killed a person, mm. and poor Bash was really his had he had such a really traumatic yeah moment in that first um, transformation into an animal. And that that was I thought uh, an interesting and a and a nice scene to play. Yeah, a touching moment. Yeah, it was a nice scene to play to kind of just be like, yeah, this is a hard thing to have to deal with. And yeah. it helped, it really helped all three of us to mesh as a group, but, you know, it seemed especially poignant at times between those two.
0: Yeah, good. And Bass, your favorite Peter moment, or Michael, your favorite Peter moment.
3: I guess, um I guess it was, I saw... Peter hit puberty, actually, for the first time. (laughs) Um, You know, it was the point where, you know, when you first got introduced to Peter, he was like, oh, yes, physic, no, no physic. uh, But then when it finally got to the battle, when he donned his scale mail, uh, you know, his his stuff, he turned, and when he took charge in the battle, too, you've seen Mm -hmm. him grow into a man versus Mm -hmm. this little little man child, this little itty-bitty baby infant, <laughs> little little boy from the very beginning. That's and, not
1: nice. And,
3: <laughs> and then he turned into a young man where he took charge. Flirting I, I liked, paladins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> hey, mister. <laughs> yeah, that was my, uh, that's what I like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's been a lot of fun to see you all grow, and as players and as characters, it's been fun to see... The beginning of a game is always interesting because you have to get everyone together. And so I came up with the best possible way I could think of to do it. And I think it worked out okay. And certainly you all have, I think, begun to get a feel for how each other works a little bit better. And so it's been fun to see that come along. But I'm so glad that um, that we have favorite moments to reflect on only in, what, 15 episodes so yeah. far now. So, yeah, that's really good. And I especially like the fact that you left your footprints in Flynnmore. (laughs) I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them, and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. Last time, on stack dice the party concluded their dream in a troubling way, then found that Feverfew had arranged for horses for a daytime tour of Flynnmore. Not able to delay their own departure, Tira, Bash, and Peter arranged to use the physics horses to ride to a port city where they could find passage to Seth Arban in order to continue their quest. Trouble awaited them at the gate of the city, however. A gang of thugs led by a plague doctor sought to take revenge on the friends. The doctor used Rebecca as a shield and goaded the party into a fight. Tira squared off against the doctor. Things looked really bad, but the physics horses bolted and the doctor disappeared in a cloud of green smoke. Now the party has managed to mount the horses and are fleeing from the overwhelming numbers of thugs streaming from Flynnmore's gates. Who's ready to tell a story? Me. Me. Thane as Peter Greyhawk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Rhett, the DM. With me is
2: Meredith as Tira Ironstag.
0: Michael, as Wamberbash Benson, mom. I guy. am. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I said, see ready to tell a story. <clears throat> Great. So you are on the horses, and you're again you're moving from a canter into a gallop, and you can see the first of the uh, you can almost feel the breath of the of the bad guys rushing up behind you as you're on your horses. Peter, you do see the glint of your shield alongside the road. What do you want to do about that?
1: Hang on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> just a second.
0: <laughs> Everybody freeze.
1: <laughs> Hang on, you guys. I'm going to pull my horse over. Okay. With, and then I'm just going to unmount, grab my shield, remount.
2: It would be awesome if you could just, like as you're galloping by, just lean over, scoop that
1: puppy up, and don't keep going. I do want to risk having to make a dexterity check because I don't feel like it. Yeah. So,
0: yeah I'm just going you come to a stop and I'm going to say that the I think the, the bad guys when they saw you starting to gallop they began to slow down to falter in their rush after you because they realized they're no match for horses but when they see you come to a stop and get off the horse they think that you're ready to square up with them again and so they come streaming forward again with a you can hear the whole ragged cry as they come streaming towards you again And you reach down and get your shield, and let's see.
2: Peter, (laughs) come on! I'm
0: going to run back to my horse. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to make this a percentage roll to see if they can catch up. You get over there. Go. (laughs) Don't look behind the screen. The DM will blast you. (laughs) One of them (laughs) lunges forward, and he dives for you to try and, and bring you down. This is going to see if it hits your armor class. He rolls an 18. Oh my goodness. Peter! But he, now my armor class is an 18 because of my shield. He, he connects, he, he grabs you at your ankles, and I need you to roll a dexterity check anyway <laughs> to see if you get toppled. You need to beat a 15. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> you go down on the side of the road, and you have one round to free yourself with a... Uh, I'm going to say an animal handling check and you're blind. to get back on your horse Just curl and go. Back up on your horse. So yeah. give me first. I want you to do a strength check first. Oh, Peter. <laughs> That's a five. You see Peter go down underneath the body of one of these hooligans from the city.
3: I'm going to jump down off my horse and pull out my sword. Okay. And I'm going to walk over to him and I'm going to try to strike the guy.
0: You got it. 13. That is a hit. Go ahead and do damage six you do six points of damage to the squirming bad guy who is on top of Peter and meanwhile the rest of the band has come closer
3: so are you gonna make him do a grappling check to try to get free again
0: yeah that's, okay that's yeah you need to hurry up and do. get out of here dude this is it this is if you do not get out and on your horse this time they're gonna catch up with you <sighs> mm-hmm right, that's a 17. You manage to free yourself, so Womberbash's sword stroke hits the guy and he screams and rolls to the side, allowing you to get up, Peter, and now you need to do an animal handling check to get back onto your horse quickly. That's a 22. That's plenty enough, so you swing up, shield now on your arm, and Womberbash...
3: I'm gonna get up on my animal. Do I have to do a check for that? Yeah,
0: because you're trying to do it quickly. Okay. 20. Natural. You swing up also, throw your heels into the sides of the horses and they straight forward. <laughs> Rebec is situated in a way that he is safe. Uh, he, he's lying across the saddle. Right. Um, so you're being careful to try and keep the route as smooth as possible, but like once again, the bad guys from the city come rushing forward and then when they realize now there's no hope for them to catch you, they slow down and they shake their fists and after a while they Pick up their wounded comrade and return into the city.
3: Hey guys, I, uh, um, I feel, I feel tired. Hang on, a, oh no. And I just pass out, and I lean forward on mm-hmm. on Glue, and I'm just kind of resting my chest on Glue's mane. Essentially. Oh no,
1: now he's stuck. <laughs> <sighs> All right.
2: This happens every time.
1: You guide wind. I'll kind of slow down and help. Yeah, I guess helps. maybe
2: I'm holding the reins for wind as I go
1: along. I'm going to uh, slow because down to glue and just kind of lead her. Right. And we'll, we'll see if we can find some safe place
0: uh, farther ahead. Once you realize that you are no longer in danger, that there's no way for these bad guys from Flynnmore to catch up with you, you you manage to slow your speed, so there's no danger of either of you falling off your horses. And you make your way slowly across the gray and brown bleakness of the Moors. Uh, up ahead in the distance, you can see changing slowly from a bluish color to the more brown that you're used to seeing are the mountains ringing this Moorland. And you realize that you're in something of a large basin here. Uh, this depressed area of the land of Moriga is sunk a little bit lower than the highlands that are up to the north and uh, these mountains help to retain the clouds they they help contain the clouds so a lot of the rain that would go elsewhere in the country gets dumped right here which is why it's as boggy as it is in places especially off the roads but after the rest of the day of travel moving at a steady pace uh, you managed to cover about 40 miles on horses and you come to, you now find yourself at the foothills of the mountains. Uh, there is a place where you can find rest if you want to stop.
2: So we haven't yet arrived at the port city that. that oh, no. Physic, no. that's farther away? Yeah,
0: looking at the map, you're going to anticipate at least several days. Oh, wow. Because you have to make it through the mountains still. Hey, where, where are we?
1: Far away from Flunmore. Yeah,
2: we've been traveling all day. Uh, I'd say we're a good forty or fifty miles away from where we started.
1: I'm hungry. Yeah, we. I. I, I suggest that we just. We've not stopped off.
2: to eat all day. <laughs> I,
1: say, I say we pull off at an exit, see if we can find a restaurant <laughs> or something.
2: Is a Cracker Barrel nearby? Is there a rest
1: stop? <laughs> is there a McDonald's? I have to
2: go to the bathroom.
1: <laughs> Pardon me, sir, but is there any McDonald's nearby? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe we should just pull off to the side and make camp and um, look. All right, we look need at,
2: to. We need to see to Rebeck.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I feel like I, yeah, I could, I could tend to those wounds, but hmm, I fall into deep thought,
2: debating over how to heal it again.
1: Are you still clip flopping
0: forward, or well, are you
2: Well, stopped? no, we, 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 decided to stop, and okay. we, we've kind of pulled two, so we're having this discussion. Maybe still on our horses, but all standing.
0: Yeah. The, uh, the area, like I said, it, you're heading into the foothills, and so it's elevated here. Uh, it's not that same craggy ground that's been sticking out, so you actually have soft grass underfoot. The horses are happy with having provender for them to eat, and so there's, there's a comfortable place for you to, to bed down here.
1: Okay. I'm just kind of debating within myself how to heal him, because I know I know very well how to kind of, like, treat the wounds he has traditionally... But after the whole Chiswick incident, I'm kind of wondering if I could somehow replicate that, or if I should somehow replicate that.
2: I mean, I so we've we've gotten down off of our horses, and we're starting to kind of maybe go over and gingerly get Rebec down from his horses. He's still unconscious. He's still unconscious. Okay. So I'm, you know, turn to Peter here. I know that you you're trained in healing, you know, with you, you've got your herbs and everything, but I don't know, his wounds are so severe. What about, what about the way you healed Chizik? And you, for and, that matter. When yeah, you
0: were in a lab, in his workshop, Peter healed you before. Oh, we... yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. I forgot yeah. all
2: about that. Yeah. yeah. I've seen you heal some pretty severe wounds, like Chizik and, and even me. Do you think you could do that for Rebek?
0: I can give it a go. Rebek is lying on the ground, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, we, we kind of lowered him
2: down yeah. to this to a, a earthy spot. He's on
0: his back, and you've made him as comfortable as you know how. He's lying on his back with his hands kind of resting across his stomach. Mm-hmm. He, his breathing is steady but shallow. It, it's not, it, it sounds a little bit labored, like he's not getting a full breath. Mm. And behind his eyelids, you can see his swollen eyelids, you mm. can see his eyes darting a little bit back and forth.
1: I'm going to dismount from pork meat and um just just examine the all his wounds check for like broken bones and stuff like that.
0: You run your hands deftly over him looking for any obvious breaks or anything that would need immediate attention, but you don't notice anything. It all seems to be bruising and a lot of superficial wounding, but a lot of it.
1: Mm. All right out of my pack I'm going to pull out my star stone and I'm going to hold it up my hands I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to concentrate praying to I'm trying to remember my thought process when I saw Tira and Chizik wounded
0: and you reach forward your hand I'm going to cast Cure Wounds alright go ahead and roll the damage that you're going to heal with that uh, I read back. You reach down, put your hands on him and moving them from place to place you can see the vines creeping over him they almost seem to grow up out of the grass and wrap around him and there's a glow underneath them mm. and when they when they retract back into the ground he begins to stir and then he rolls over onto his side and begins to sob uncontrollably. <laughs> and he he is beside himself as he comes out of his stupor. Rebeck. They took it. 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 What? What? What did they take? They took my Rebeck and broke it right in front of my eyes. They, wait. They took your what? My Rebeck. Your, your... His, his, you realize that his instrument case is no longer on his back. Oh, oh my goodness.
2: Wait. So his name's not Rebeck?
0: <laughs> his name is Rebeck, Oh. Guys, he gave it to you, but okay. he named himself after his instrument.
2: Aw. Oh, no. It was the only one. <laughs> oh, wait. The... Oh, goodness. <laughs> I'm having trouble here. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I'm, I'm really sorry, Rebeck, but you're with us now. You're okay.
1: Yeah, we managed to get
0: you away from those people. He just continues to sob. He, he, it's obvious that it meant a lot to him.
2: uh, That was me and Tira.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Here, Tira,
1: you stay here with him. I'm going to go check on Womberbash.
2: Womburbash, What's wrong with Womberbash?
1: You didn't, oh my goodness, you didn't see. I'll walk over to Womberbash and I'm going to, so uh, where is it hurt?
3: Well, it kind of hurts all over, but I guess I'll be okay. I just really want to eat.
0: All
1: right, hang on. Before you eat, here, uh,
0: let me let me try this, and I'm going to cast. As, as you come around him, you can see a wicked gash along his back, where one of the swords scored him very badly. the The flesh is open, and um, it's already starting to scab over, but it looks miserable. I'm just going to kind of put that flesh back in place and cast humans. You get 10 experience. Uh, 10 <laughs> hit points. All right, so that goes a long way to bringing you back up to full. Uh, and you feel that surge of energy as the vines come up and cling to you. And it's almost like hands, healing hands coming up and wrapping around the wound. When they withdraw, you can still feel the pain from it because it wasn't fully healed. But it feels a lot better than it.
3: Oh, thanks, than Peter. New pro. No. <laughs>
2: nope, nope. i not
1: ready. My pleasure. Think not me. Thank Michelle. No problem. Well, Wow,
2: Peter. It's really a good thing that you have this ability. I don't know what we would do without you. Hmm.
1: I don't know what you would do either. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty amazing, aren't yeah. I? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what to, how to respond to
0: that. Well, you could assign... Uh, well, I... You, you could defer to Visham, well, yeah, you know, or yeah. whatever. However, however, you think Peter would do?
1: Well, being quite honest with you, I don't think I'd be able to do this either without the power of Visham.
2: Well, however, you have the power.
0: This bacon's good. <laughs> <laughs> Womberbash is better. He's
2: already eating. So, all right. So I'm knelt by knelt down by Rebek. Rebek, here, eat something. I'm sure it will make you feel better. You can
0: feel his shoulders shaking under your hand. And he... After he hears you say that, he stops the open sobbing. But he's just lying there, staring into the grass. I don't want anything.
2: Not even some bread? You need to keep your strength up. You've just been through a terrible ordeal.
0: He moves his shoulder out from under your hand and just kind of
2: it's
0: right. obvious he doesn't want you right, well, i'm him. not
2: going to pry so i just i i'm just going to get up and stride over to wherever these two are together
0: he he doesn't respond mm-hmm. and tira and bash what are you going to do to set up anything special or are you just gonna
2: um i mean first i'm just gonna sit down and eat some stuff uh, along with you know, we sit down with Bash, and he's eating bacon already, apparently.
3: Hey, Chira, see this part This part of my sword? It's called the, f- the fuller. Fuller. And it, it it's it's basically, it, it helps my sword be a little lighter, but it's still as strong at the same time.
2: That's right. You've really been getting a lot of good out of that book, apparently. There's not going be much left for me to teach you.
0: Except how do you actually use it? Except,
2: yeah, exactly. He knows
0: the parts. So, well,
2: that's true. You got the theory down. <laughs> Well, I don't no know like teach much about anything. I start with my axe and hit nothing.
0: <laughs> you yeah, got, you I was going to I was say I say Peter, can you teach me? <laughs> <laughs> I learned how to use this sword from a person who uses an axe only. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. I can't even do that.
0: I can't teach you how to use a sword. I use a mace. <laughs> so, you might be on your own, but you could you could do some drills. There there are drills in the book that you could use. Okay. So, you uh, you all settle down right. at the the campsite facing, facing free each and, other, yeah. and he's
2: behind you. Yeah. yeah, and
0: he's just behind and after a while you do notice that he sits up and he's wiping at his face and getting some of the dirt and grass off of him. And after a while of just hearing you sitting and chatting, he comes over and just kind of slumps down making a fourth wall to your camp. But aside from that, it he's not contributing to mm-hmm. the conversation.
3: Hey, Rebecca. Um, I I'm sorry that that you're you you lost your instrument i have I have this this uh, silver spoon it it I've had it for for as long as I can remember and and I know it won't replace your your instrument but I think I think you should hold it for me because it's always made me feel better and and I think if you
0: have it it will make you feel better too <laughs> Meredith's heart is melting <laughs> <laughs> not tears
2: yeah tears is kind of like what?
0: Like weirdos <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> I actually I mean I don't know if you want to keep this in or not but I actually was just thinking recently whatever happened to that spoon it was such a big thing in the beginning and we haven't heard anything about it yet
0: well there it is there it you is. hold the spoon out and at first he doesn't raise his eyes he, he's registering what, you, what what you're saying but then he looks up and then looks back down again And then you see him straighten up, and you can hear him say, "Wamburbash, I thank you for that generous offer. I'll be all right. I just, I needed that more than I can say.
3: Well, my spoon will always be here if you need it."
0: Where are you all going? We're going to Jama in Setharban. You can see him his mind is just firing now. He's connecting all sorts of things. And he says, Who told you to come this way? Um it was... Physic Fever for you.
1: Mm-hmm. you might know him.
3: Actually, uh, Peter, can you pull the map out just to make sure we are going on the right path? I pull out the map.
1: It doesn't show us where we are, just correct where there. Okay.
0: I look at the map
1: and realizing that it was a fruitless effort. You.
0: As you pull out the map, um, you can see as you unfurl the map that there are, it's almost like somebody has brushed watercolors across the surface of the map, but only in the places where you have been. So it's like you are now seeing the path that you have traveled from Arden area, there's no dots to show this is where something is, but you can see a swath of watercolor type colors, and then they spread out to fade into the color of the paper outside of the range where you've been. You can see the little jog in the road where you went over to try to investigate the stone crown.
2: Bald mountain.
0: And now you can see that your line shows that you are traveling roughly east of the city of Flynnmore, and that was in line with what the physic had told you. Okay. But
3: I mean, wasn't Jama on the west
1: or something like that? Oh, no, no, it's to the
3: east. Okay, okay, okay.
0: To the east, but in the western part of Seth Arban. Okay.
2: Yeah. Well, at least we know we're on the right track, but can we see now then how this, far we have to go? This
0: is a clever way to do it, says Rebek. I know my share of escape routes. And I have to say this is perhaps the best way you could possibly have chosen. In fact, I've been this way several times. And I think within a couple of days, we can make it to a town where we can weather for maybe a day before we continue on.
2: That was our plan. The, the physics sent us to a port city. He has us traveling towards a port city. I wonder if it's the same one you're thinking of.
0: No, no. I know what he's talking about. We have to cross the mountains, and that is at least a four-day journey. Once we get to the other side, there is a giant salt marsh. We can either go through it, or we can skirt it. I can tell you going through it is probably the faster option. And on the other side of that marsh is where the port city is.
3: I noticed you said, you said we. Are you going to come with us?
0: I'm sorry. I presume.
1: No, uh, no, no, no. We will be glad to have your company.
0: I know the way, and if nothing else, we can part company once I get you there. In fact, that is probably what will happen, but at least I can ensure your safe arrival there.:
3: The physics said that uh, the horses that he gave us won't make it through all the way over to Jama. Do you think that we could find like something else, like a camel or something? There are ways. I know one thing. I don't want to walk the entire way. No, <laughs> you
0: certainly do not. And you can see he's starting to liven up, starting to get more into the conversation. As he begins to, you, you've distracted his mind now, and before long he's actually singing a song, and it's even without his instrument, it sounds really. He, he has a, he a can sweet, blow. He has a sweet <laughs> he has a sweet tenor voice that actually uh,
2: it's heartening.
0: Yes, and so you uh, you pass the evening. Uh, I'm assuming there's a fire yeah. involved. Oh, okay, I was
2: literally going to say so while he's singing, I build a fire. Great
0: the. Shadows begin to lengthen um, from the west, and uh, so you're you have a moment of red light on the foothills of the mountains here as you're looking out to the west and seeing the sun sinking over the bleak lands of the moors. But night falls; you all get sufficient rest. I'm assuming you're going through your pattern of watches and so forth. Mm-hmm. And in the morning, you awaken. And for once, recently, yeah, you get the effects of a full rest. Uh, For once, it is not raining in the morning. So you awaken to the sound of birds singing and sunlight falling on your faces. It's still early, but it's sunlight.
2: All right, well. um...
0: We don't have to role play through this. We can just say that you get your horses, you start making your way up. And at first, it is a a good sized road that goes up into the foothills. But then at some point where Rebek departs from the road, uh, it becomes more of a path. It's still wide enough to be comfortable and it's not hugging any cliffs or anything, but you're making your way deeper into the mountains and you find, um, that without him, you would have had difficulty navigating this. Uh, what season is it? It's spring early to mid spring. Mm. Uh, As you gain an elevation, you notice the temperature is dropping quickly. And uh, after that first day, you you manage to find another place to rest. Second day, toward the end of the second day, it's evening time. It's, I'll, I'll say, about six in the evening. You're up high in the mountains. I would say you're about a mile up. And you come to a point where he says, There it is up ahead. And you can see lights twinkling where a village begins to appear. Mm.
2: So it's, it's visible in the distance, mm-hmm. you know, if you get there tomorrow or something. No,
0: you'll, you'll be there in a couple of hours.
2: Oh, okay. I thought, I thought you was we suggesting we stop.
0: You are coming up over one ridge of mountains, and as you look down, you're seeing a narrow valley below you over a couple of ridges still, so you still have some way to go, but you can see down into this narrow valley ahead of you uh, and that's where the village is. You can see the lights of the village there.
2: Well, we certainly wouldn't have made this trip so easily without your help, Rebek. Well,
0: it's good to refresh my memory about these sorts of things. It's good to know I still know how to get away if I need to.
2: Yeah, you mentioned you, you, have your, you know your fair share of escape routes. Are you often fleeing for your life?
0: Um... I like to say that I'm exploring in haste. <laughs> hey, 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 Tira, what, what what kind of musical instrument did he play?
2: Oh, I don't know.
3: Did you ever what see what
0: it was?
2: It was you, kind of like a. You loop saw that,
0: or that it was a it? guitar-like yeah. instrument, but it had three strings, and he only ever plucked it. But when he opened this case from time to time, you saw that there was a bow in there also. Mm. Hmm.
1: It
2: was that kind of an instrument. (laughs) I don't know what that
1: was. It's a
3: violinitar.
1: (laughs) Violinitar.
3: Using telepathy, I'm going to speak. Ooh, this
0: is new.
1: Hey!
3: Oh no, who are you going to speak to? Um, I think both of them can Mm. hear my thoughts at this point when
0: I I say this. I think you can pick one.
3: The effect I really want is that um, I don't really know kind of like and I'm doing it though because I don't, I don't know how to use it, although I, it, is a, it is something that I have is the telepathy and you guys should be able to hear me. Mm-hmm. If I purposefully like go in your mind and say, hey, Tiro, what's up?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, but
3: in this instance, I'm just thinking and it's bleeding over.
0: Let's say that you're, you're, you have a tune on your mind okay. and as you're humming that to yourself, you're also thinking other thoughts. Okay. And that tune is actually you tapping into the telepathic frequency. I still have two
3: um, gold pieces i wonder how much a new instrument for rebeck would cost i wonder if they have any instruments over at, at this town
0: what i you wa- hear this in your heads mm-hmm. i'm going to
1: like scramble backwards i'm going to yell i'm going to like fall onto the ground or something. well happened?
0: let's see let's see I what was just, the writing i was, just,
2: I was literally just be like what was that bash
0: <laughs> yeah so that's basically it I sounds think... like he's talking yeah, to yeah, you. yeah i think but he's like,
2: talking to me i
0: would have noticed if it depends on your writing order if if he's in if he's behind you it would sound like it's he's just talking forward to you. I actually
3: thought it would be Peter up front, then back then Tira, and myself pulling up the back. So the way as I far it as was.
0: you know, he was just talking out mm-hmm. loud to you.
1: Oh, I was thinking I was like running in the back, bringing up the rear, Nope. being the heaviestly armored person.
0: Heaviestly. <laughs> I don't <know>. heaviestly? Yes. <laughs> Sweet. Um.
3: Anyway, that's yeah. what I thought. The
0: the result okay. it, without seeing him. Sp- do this, and realizing that his mouth isn't even moving, mm-hmm. you're gonna think that he's just talking out loud. Okay.
2: And I'm am the one that's right in front of him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's a really generous idea, Bash. But I, I don't know. I guess we can we can have a. Look. Rebek
3: says, hmm? "What are you talking about?
2: About getting Rebek a new instrument?
0: I didn't. What? I didn't say that. No, 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 no. I, I couldn't. No, I will find one." No, no, that sounds like a good idea. I what, mean, you are kind of. You your... just
2: mentioned Bash that you had a, a few gold left, and you were wondering if that would be enough. I didn't to get Rebecca a new instrument. I didn't
3: say. I didn't say that. You did
1: it. Well, then why did we all? I hear heard
2: it? you clear as day. I mean,
1: I I thought about it, but you. I didn't say it. Thought about it.
2: You must have said it, and you, you just.
1: Definitely. I didn't.
2: Maybe you were muttering to yourself.
1: I don't. But it's definitely like sounded clearer,
2: yeah, like you do, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I yeah, just noticed. What to he, has,
0: he hasn't been talking to himself in forever. Himself he also hasn't made up any words recently. I'm kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah. What's about going that. on, <laughs>
2: man? Um, Our little
0: Bash is growing up.
2: nah he is. Yeah, <laughs> but it sounded clearer than muttering. You weren't muttering to yourself. You said it.
0: Yeah, I could hear it as if you
3: were talking right to me. I mean, I don't remember. I'm way back here. How could I talk it hmm. to
0: you? But anyway, okay.
2: So I'm just Kind of that's We're not figuring it out, yeah.
0: yeah. So you make your way down the trail as it descends to that narrow valley up ahead. And you make your way to a point where a stone wall suddenly picks up on your right side and it follows all the road all the way through the valley. So you, if you just stayed on the road and kept going straight, you'd go right on past this town. It consists of a handful of buildings. Most of them are just regular stone, like stone that has been pulled out of the field or... Uh, quarried from the mountains themselves but then the one that really catches your eye is an inn and the inn is so eclectic in its architecture it's like somebody built the main house and then tacked on another architectural style to it and another one over here and another so the result is this rambling house it's in good repair but it's just all these different styles squished together and if you ever want a real visual of it, uh, go look up the Mohonk Resort House. Because Mohonk National Park in New York, upstate New York, it's a beautiful lodge. And it's just all these different styles squished together. It's, that's the kind of look of this place. Um, but on a sign out in front of it, you can see the towering height is the name of the inn. Also, off it it would be... Granting it a status beyond its status to call it a market square or a town square But it's more like a wide place on the road that has a how a couple of houses off of it You can hear the sound of um, hammering from what sounds like a smithy You can see other people who are carrying dishes of food from their homes over to the inn hmm. mm. And that's what you see as you Come out of the mountains on this path and make your way into town.
1: Is there like one of those things outside the inn, like those pegs that I can just tie my horse to? Yes. In
0: fact, there is a wagon outside at this very moment. And as you start tying up pork meat outside the inn and the other horses as well, uh, you see somebody coming out. He's rubbing his hands and kind of laughing to himself. (laughs) And he gets into his wagon and you hear him gee up his horses and he goes rumbling off to the east. Out of town.
3: How much farther from here to the port town?
2: Are you asking Rebec, I assume?
3: Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I referenced the map.
2: I th- well, I think we need to stay here for the night, don't we?
0: Rebeck says, I'm going to say it's going to be at least two days. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet. At least two days.
2: Well, this definitely it looks like a nice place for us to stop in. I think I'm going to pull up to the inn and tie my horse up.
0: Yeah, you are definitely tired of the taste of preserved rations. Yeah, preserved
2: bread. It's like eating MREs. Yeah.
0: (laughs) For an extended period. I'm
2: going in there for some real food. And
0: as you go toward the end, you can smell all sorts of delicious, savory smells coming out. I'm going to go with her. I have four gold.
2: Oh, yeah. How much money do I have? You
0: probably also have four. Four, yeah, I do. And then two for Bash.
2: Can I buy you something to eat? Rebek, he, did he ever eat anything? I mean, we've been on the road for a couple yeah, of days. Yeah, he, he's
0: eaten along the way. Okay. He, he's regained his appetite as he's right. snapped out of his funk. Well, flink. I'm
2: going to I offer to get him a meal. Come on in, Rebecca, Let's go get something to eat.
0: I accept your generous offer, but we'll see what happens. Mm.
2: That's an enigmatic answer? What do you mean? We'll see what happens.
0: And he walks in ahead of you. And uh, as you come in behind him, you can see him go over immediately to the person at the counter, and he whispers something, and you can see the person at the counter suddenly perk up real big, and he smiles, and then he turns to the rest of the uh, the, the people that have been bringing in dishes to the inn, and he says, You'll never guess what just came into our inn. It's a troubadour and the people inside begin to cheer and you can hear, you can see people slapping each other on the back and they, they all look excited. And uh, before anybody can do anything else, Rebeck begins to sing again in that mellifluous voice. And as he sings, it immediately goes silent in the room. And you can see him, he's standing there with one hand on the table and he's just kind of swaying back and forth as he closes his eyes and sings. And it's a song that you've never heard from him before, even in your couple of days together. It's a song about love found and love lost. And it casts a spell over the entire... Literally? No, not literally. (laughs) You never know in this place. Uh, We have a bard with us. (laughs) And so the the room goes silent listening to him. And as soon as he's done singing, uh, the owner of the inn says, how can I top that? And he he calls to the back, Mela. You need to come out here and bring some food with you. And so uh, before long, you've got food enough for all of you. So he has basically sung for he your peed supper. Paid for
2: our food with a song. Yep. Wow, Reback, that was amazing.
0: I have picked up a few things in my travels.
2: Evidently, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh huh.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Correct. And so you just Correct. enjoy your food.
2: All right. And I saved my gold. Whoop whoop.
0: <laughs>
3: but now we have to find a place to stay. Yeah, so, so is this
2: the kind of inn is it a, in, a real inn with you stay there, it's not just a restaurant? Okay.
0: Sing for my room,
2: Rebecca.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the room itself is gonna cost you, but it's gonna be yeah. uh, it's is gonna like be Rebeck a
2: Rebecca discount or something.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be family. two silver apiece. Oh sweet. So well, it's I'll pay for all one of gold is ten silver.
2: Well, how am I going to break that? Here, I'll, He gives I'll,
0: you change. They have money changes. Eight silver.
1: Right. What, what what I'll do is I'll, I'll give him one gold for all of us, and then take two silver back. Mm-hmm.
2: So you're paying for our rooms. Peter eh? is going to
0: spring for the rooms for all
2: Great. of us. Great. Go for it. <laughs> I was getting ready to do a con- bunch of conversions on my paper here, but never mind.
0: Basically, as you came into town, you saw that at the north end of this town, there were It looked like old fortification ruins Hmm. at the south end, which is much longer uh, beyond that stone wall that I mentioned when you first came into town. It's pasture land where they keep herds of sheep. And then down at the far end, it's a stand of trees, a a dense woods. And in places you could glimpse dark water under the woods. So it's a tarn down at the Southern end of this, um, of this Valley. By
1: the way, what's this village called? I'm asking the,
2: Maybe the guy behind
0: the desk? Yeah, the desk in a medieval fantasy world. His eyes begin to narrow a little bit, and he says, why do you want to know? So I can put it down on my list of places discovered. (laughs) You do get one discovery point. Yay! For for what place? This town is called, and he almost says it reluctantly, Blinkenden.
2: Blinkenden?
0: Blinkenden. Mm -hmm. And he waits to see what your reactions are. Why
1: is it called that?
2: I have no reaction. [SSSSS1]
0: When you have no reaction, he he looks relieved. (sighs) I thought you were going to be another one of them. Did you see that fella leaving when you came in?
1: Yes. We
2: did? With the wagon?
0: [SSSS1] Yep. He was one of them. One [SSS1] of who? We have made a name for ourselves, and we are so tired of this reputation. People who say, you blink and it's done. We're such a small town up here in the mountains, but we get so tired of hearing that joke from everybody that comes through. <laughs> mm. This is a proud place, a place of history, a place where my wife's people grew and died. And boy, we sure hate to hear it spoken of like that.
2: Your wife's people?
0: This used to be a part of Vondheide. I know this is old history, but the, the fort that you saw coming down, that used to be part of the fortifications here where her people lived and really ruled. But that's a long time ago now.
3: Do you, do you have any, like, old, um, wise man or something in this town?
0: <laughs> I'm about as old as it gets here. Uh, wh- what are you looking for? I just
3: want to know answers to life. Ooh, you're going to have
0: to go a lot further than Blinken in for that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, well, thank you for the meal and... For- I want us to get up to our room so we can get the map out and see where Jama is now. If it's moving away from us or anything
0: like okay. that. Okay. He says, now we are about to have a story down here, but if you would rather just go on upstairs, you oh. can. <gasps> story! story! Story time! I'm going to stay down here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a small tradition we have here. It's the way we pass the evenings. It's, it's awfully quiet up here.
2: Oh, that, that's fine. I, I, don't, I didn't mention to him I want to go up and look at our map. No. I was telling okay, you. you. Is you. this...
0: Is this Lake Wobbegan? (laughs) No, that'd be a Minnesota accent. (laughs) (laughs) He scans the room. You can see people are pushing back from the tables. They're obviously full. They're satisfied with the food. It's such a small Mm. town that they just bring their own food and they all eat in one common place. So they're just sharing their food together. Mm. A bit unusual. So he says, now now where are the children? You see uh, one of the adults get up from the table and poke his head out the door and you can hear... A clamor from outside apparently the kids roam the town in packs there's two there's two groups there's the boys that t- t- tumble around from place to place and they're punching and fighting each other and then not far behind there's a little group of girls that walk around and and point and laugh at them as they play and so they bring these two groups of kids inside the boys are panting and dirty from their scrapping outside and the girls come in uh standing apart but watching from a distance and as they see new guys in town, they begin giggling. New guys. <laughs> guys. G-Y-Z-E. Uh And so uh, basically, it's just one big local family right here in this room. And there's a fire going in the hearth because it is cold outside uh, in the mountains in the spring. And everyone settles down. And the innkeeper, who has since introduced himself as Arlo, tells a story in the old days. Once, long ago, when the sky was bluer and the trees friendlier, there was a happy kingdom. The king and queen were loved by their people, and everyone had plenty enough to eat. There were good times, and the people were wise enough to know this. It really was the happiest of kingdoms. Well, one day, something large and frightening came from the cold, hard mountains and made a home for itself in the dark forest near this kingdom's border. Now, normally this wouldn't be a problem, and the people were wise enough to know to leave something large and frightening alone so long as it stayed put. But it so happened that the major trade road ran right through this forest, and it wasn't long before things started to happen. First it was one wagon that went missing, then it was two And by the time the third wagon never reached its destination, the king sighed and knew something had to be done. Word got round, after all, and trade was beginning to dry up. So the king offered a great treasure to the warrior who could find whatever was causing this problem and put an end to it. The first to volunteer was Sir Starkarm. He stepped forward, making sure his muscles were as big as he could make them, and he said, My liege, I shall say to find this beast and slay it, no matter the cost. This was the way folk talked back then. The king nodded, and off went Sir Starkarm, riding on a beautiful black horse and carrying a mighty sword. They watched the knight's strong form as he rode into the forest, and they waited, and they waited, and they waited. But Sir Starkarm never came back. After a day and a night, the king began to worry, and he called for another warrior who could find whatever was causing the problem, put an end to it, and rescue Sir Starkarm. Well, the second to volunteer was Sir Glensend. He stepped forward, and his armor was all shiny like gold. And he twirled his magnificent moustache, and he said, My liege, I shall make the foul beast pay. It shall rue the day it ever set foot in this thy marvellous kingdom. Remember, this was the way they talked back then. The king nodded, and off went Sir Glensand, riding on his beautiful white horse and carrying a heavy axe. They watched the knight's glittering armour as he rode into the forest, and they waited... And they waited, and they waited, but Sir Glensend never came back. After a day and a night, the king began to worry, and he called for another warrior, who could find whatever was causing the problem, put an end to it, and rescue both Sir Starkarm and Sir Glensend. The third, to volunteer, was Sir Vinzig, and when he stepped forward, no one was sure what to do because, you see, Sir Wenzig was a small man, and not at all what the people thought a knight should be like. He also kept his helmet visor down, and this made the people wonder. But the people's lack of faith didn't seem to deter Sir Wenzig one bit, and he marched right up to his horse, it was a scrawny little thing. Without a word, he climbed on and began to ride. The people gasped, because the knight didn't carry any weapons, "'He just wore a wide belt from which hung a sack of corns. "'They watched the knight's tiny form as he rode into the forest, "'and they waited, and they waited, and they waited. "'Well, when Sir Vinzig entered the forest, "'he rode for a while until he began to smell a terrible smell. "'Before he knew it, he saw Sir Starkarm and Sir Glensend "'hanging upside down from a tree. "'They were moving weakly, and when they saw Sir Vinzig they began to tell him to save himself, but it was too late. A giant form stepped out of the trees, and Sir Vinzik froze. It was huge. It was scary. And it had two heads. They both snuffed and sniffed, and the eyes locked onto the small knight. The Etten, because that's what it was came toward him with hands ready to grab him up. But Sir Vinzig was ready. He reached his hand into his bag of coins and threw them way, way up into the air. They twinkled in the light and the Etten's greedy eyes followed the bits of gold. As soon as the coins were up, Sir Vinzig leapt into action. He slipped off the white belt and tied it around the Etten's feet quick as a flash. With that, Sir Vinzig called out and the Etten saw him again. It took a step forward, only to find its feet didn't work so good, and it fell, and fell, and fell smack into the ground, where it made a huge hole, and never came out again. Sir Sarvenzig took off his helmet, and the two knights in the tree were amazed to find it was Prince Edeling, the king's own son, who had rescued them. Well, he got them down from that tree lickety-split, and back home, and the king and queen were so overjoyed that they had such a brave and wise son who would one day rule the kingdom. And that is the end of my story. After he's done, he looks around the room and says, does anyone have a story he'd want to tell, he or she? A story comes to my mind, I say. Really? Well, um, everyone listen, listen, listen.
1: Um, this, this is a pretty old story, and I don't know who knows it or not. Anyone... Show of hands knows uh, the story of Vasham and Kurun.
0: No, nope, nobody here. hmm
1: interesting. Well it goes a little something like this. <laughs> a long time ago, in a land far from here, a wealthy and generous man named Karun lived in a house on the outskirts of a nearby town. He worshiped Vasham, the goddess of healing, and practiced her teachings of medicine. Karun would often go into the town and visit the surrounding farmers to administer his healing services. Thank not me, he would always say. Thank Vasham. Every night, Karun would pray to Vasham before he went to bed. One night, Karun was praying when he fell into a trance. In his trance, he he was approached by Vasham herself. For your faithful service to me, she said, I offer you one of three gifts, immeasurable wealth, and exceedingly long life or my personal mortar and pestle which doubles the healing properties of any concoction made within it as soon as visham had finished speaking karun knew what his decision was fairest of the divines he addressed her i am eternally grateful for these gifts you offer me but to serve you is reward enough for me i will not choose any of these gifts visham smiled you karun my servant have chosen wisely because you choose not any of these gifts, all of them I give to you freely. Go. Use my new gifts and serve me to the best of your ability. Karun woke up the next morning, feeling refreshed, on a bed much larger than was his own, and wonderfully soft. He got up and threw open the windows in a room where he was and saw the same view as before, the town by which he lived. His house had somehow grown in the night. He also just then noticed how soft and silky his gown had become, made of the finest fabrics. Karun also noticed that he had expensive tapestries and jars full of corn all around his room, and his whole house for that matter, as he wandered through the halls of his home. He came to the sitting room of his marvelous house and saw on the mantelpiece, the mortar and pestle of Vasham herself, made of solid gold gleaming magnificently in the sunlight. With these gifts, Karun became the most renowned healer of Vasham in all the land, Living to see his 500th year. Legend says that the Mortar and Pestle of Sham disappeared once Karun passed away. But I like the other version, where some say that it crops up wherever it is needed. I fall silent.
0: Hmm. Well, isn't that something? I've never heard that story before. Where'd you hear that? Oh, I, I'm a... I'm a priest of Vasham. Ah, one of them holy men.
1: Yeah, from uh, the small town of Arden to the southwest.
0: I've never heard of it. Yeah,
1: I just kind of grew up
0: learning stories about Vasham. Isn't that something? Well, I hope you don't mind if I add that to my repertoire. Not a problem. Any other stories? And and nobody really takes it up. And by now, the the the, the band of boys has basically falling asleep by the fire <laughs> and people are starting to filter out. So basically the evening is breaking up and uh, things are, are winding down for the evening. So you're welcome to go back to your room.
2: Yeah. I'm going to uh, yeah, I back to the rest of our party and say, let's, let's head upstairs. I want to let's check that map again um, and just make sure that Jama is still in our path.
0: As you go upstairs, you hear Arlo call out after you all sleep well thank you you too thank you good night 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 (laughs) y'all and you head upstairs (laughs) yes you roll out the map uh in in your room and you see that indeed the star seems to be heading gradually northward on that western arm of setharban but it's not yet made it all the way to the top and you're not Mm -hmm. sure how far it's going to go but it's not there yet
2: but it's still moving, like we've noticed. It's, not
0: it's moved like it's, gradually.
2: Yeah.
1: Is it moving as we watch, or is it just kind of sitting there
0: no. right now? It, you have not yet seen it move while you were watching. Okay. And considering that it's a city that's apparently being uprooted every mm-hmm. day and moved, it takes time. Yeah.
2: Well, I hope that it's moving every day, and we're traveling every day, so are we ever going to gain on it? Are we going to...
0: You're coming east, it's coming north.
2: I see, so we're going to intersect with it. As long
0: yeah. as you time it right, yeah.
2: We just need to we need to make sure, it looks like we're still online to uh, to meet up with Jama, I suppose, but we need to make sure that we are traveling hard every day before it uh, passes us yeah. by. Which is a weird thing to say about a city, but... <laughs>
1: keep, keep in mind, we are on horses while they're moving an entire city of people of all ages
2: we have no idea how they're moving it though until we get there they they might be using horses as well or some i I have no idea i've never heard of such a a thing so um we just need to we just need to travel hard every day and not lag behind we need need to make sure we don't get distracted again Uh, this is probably the next important stop on our journey
0: Anything you want to do, Bash?
3: Hey, Tara, look at this. There's this, this, this thing called a parry, and then there's a check, a check thrust, and a parry, and the sword, and the sword book. Oh, you're, he, uh, he is is waving, moves. He's yeah.
0: he's waving his sword around in the air, coming dangerously close to hitting the bed every yeah. now and then.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> that looks great. Uh,
0: <laughs> no, put put that away.
2: Yeah, we All can right, before we somebody can...
0: gets hurt.
3: I'm gonna look at my animal book now.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Switch to the animal book.
0: He suddenly starts prowling around the room and growling and stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> Great. Anything else you want to do before you bed down for the night? I'm just going to go through the now kind of
1: ritual for me of doffing my armor and uh, even now, like already I've just kind of, I've set up a specific order that I put my armor in so it's nice and in a little compact spot so I'm not just like You know, my breastplate's over there, and my boots are over there. I kind of have it all folded to the best that I can. I mean, it is scale mail, so it's kind of flexible. You're being neat about it. It's flexible. I have it all set up in a way that also makes it easy for me to access it the next morning. And and then I put out my bed rule, and I just sit there uh, flipping through the green book for a little bit before I go to bed. I
3: I go into my room, and I pull my bedding off my bed, and I pull the um, straw mattress off of the uh off of the bed and I pull it onto the floor and I lay down on
0: that. Actually you and Peter are in the same room. Room is a little bit limited in this is, uh, is there only one bed? I mean I can there's two beds. Okay. I pull
3: I- my I pull my stuff off and put it on the floor and I sleep on the floor.
0: All right. And Peter I assume you're just gonna sleep on it as it I is. I guess
1: I guess I'm just gonna go over to my bed and yeah sleep in it as it is. And Tira?
2: When I <laughs> took that uh, incredibly ineffective swing at the guy with my brand new axe. Did it like hit the ground or something? No. I'm thinking. I'll, I'll no. Have a look. You at just it. whiffed
0: right through the air. Yeah.
2: Okay. All right. Well, you know, I'm just I'm just gonna go to my room and now Rebek. Where's Rebek staying?
0: Well, it's gonna be three in your room. <laughs> all right. Then I, <laughs> guys. I'm guys. Oh, so they the floor have as no as well.
2: they have no coed rules, I suppose. In this.
0: I point. just think the guys all prefer to
1: cluster together. Okay. And I, I'll I, then I'm just going to forego the bed. And sleep on the floor. On your bedroll? On my bedroll.
0: Okay, so you all settle down for the night, and I think we're just going to call it here. I know it's not a whole lot of advancement, but you're making progress in your quest, and this is all important. You made it to Blinken, then, so you got the one discovery point for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And let's talk Norse battle here.
2: Well, even though it was a risky move, at least Peter was able to recover his... uh shield don't know if i would have gone about it in the same manner as he did
0: <laughs> we'll give you a negative experience point for that no one i refuse <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that was an odd i'm glad you did it that yeah. that was a shield given to you by physic come
1: i felt like if if i just went for a quick little ride by i would you know probably miss it because i'm not proficient in picking things so up instead on the move. you you had more rolls <laughs> Yeah, so you
2: had to roll like five times in order to.
1: True. I just didn't want to double back.
2: (laughs) Instead, you wanted to jump down altogether, stop, get dove on by a bandit, wrestle with him for a minute. Um, Bash is really devoted to his library books, that's for sure. (laughs) He's so. And in
0: particular, he. He's
2: learning his sword.
0: Offered.
2: To buy a new.
0: a Spoon. A
2: spoon to Rebecca. Yeah. yeah. So
0: I'm going to give you two for that. That was very generous of you to give a yes. prized possession. No
2: kidding. So. You would even part company with it after yeah. having... Because when you started to talk about your spoon, I thought you were just going to like tell a little story saying, I understand how you feel, because your spoon had been stolen off you by those bandits at the very beginning. I thought, oh, this enemy's all trying to relate to Rebeck. He's like, you can hold it. And I thought, what? <laughs> How's he going to... Handed over, but that was very nice. Yeah,
3: I wish I could give some uh, extra experience points to Rebec for singing for our food, but
2: yeah, he doesn't exist. So.
3: <laughs> Wait, he—he's just—he doesn't exist. <laughs> he's just photons and force fields. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's about it. That's I mean, about it. yeah, we. This was definitely more of a character development episode than it was anything else. And I, oh, I'm sorry, Peter. Take two for your story.
2: Mm, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I wrote that all by myself
0: yep. this afternoon. So. so thank you for coming up with that. I'm glad. I'm glad it adds some depth to the world. Yeah, absolutely. You see, I was ready to tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> now minus point for that.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. But we want to thank you for being a part of this show. We want to thank you for helping us to tell this story together. And we hope that you're enjoying this. We certainly are. And we will see you next time here at Stack of Dice.
1: We don't make it out. Tell my mother I love her. You don't have a mother. Wait,
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> Your mother never loved you. What? <laughs> your mother's the reason you're here. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah.
2: Gonna say, didn't she die or something?
3: That guy in the mask?
2: That was your mother. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. Biting my time? That's your dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs>